This show is part of the Pika Science Podcast, studying the intersection of video games and science. Hey everyone, it's Madison. I'm really sorry that we were unable to get an episode out last week. Unfortunately, there was a family emergency and I just wasn't able to finish editing the episode I was working on. That said, we have a Through the Ultra Wormhole, a Lila's Lessons, as well as a Pokey Science episode all coming out and getting ready for you coming here in the next few weeks. We also have a special Pokey College episode where Dr. Ray is taking the helm, and I'm very excited to share that with all of you. So thanks for tuning in. Please, if you haven't already, like and subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with a friend. We love you all. Let's begin by closing our eyes and imagining ourselves in a meeting, a big table full of the highest delegates of various different local countries as we get ready to discuss important dealings. We're talking about trade and the things that we are able to produce, the things that you're able to produce, and finding an equivalent deal, making sure that we can trade back and forth with each other so that at the end of the day, both of us are better off. This, in fact, is an entire concept. It's where world economies are able to succeed. It's how many countries, if not the majority, the vast majority of countries, are able to produce the goods that they need, and if they can't produce it themselves, trade for the goods they need to help out their own citizens. This is all about advantage, but not taking advantage of the other person or the other country, but comparative and absolute advantage. Let's talk about it. Hello everyone, welcome to Pokonomics. I am your host, Anaru himself. This is an episode, I think the idea behind the series, uh, so a little insight into what exactly the series is like. I generally come up with a topic that I find very fascinating and dive into that. The bright side with that is I'm very invested in what I'm talking about. The downside in that is that there's a lot of times where it doesn't quite relate to previous episodes, so I apologize for that. But it is an interesting topic nevertheless because trade whether you realize it or not, is such a fascinating concept. And in this, in a way, does touch on the previous things that we talked about. Because trade has sort of been replaced with the buying and selling of goods, right? We are exchanging some monetary value in exchange for a good or service to be done. This is a trade, in essence, if you really think about it. It's just you trading for this middle product that allows you to get some other good or have some other service being done. Trade, when you think about trade, though, is usually the exchange of good for good, or service for service, or crossing them across, a good for a service and vice versa. And that's what we're talking about today, absolute and comparative advantage. Now, the first thing I think of when I think of this is my AP micro and macroeconomics classes, because this was a big part of that. But another thing I think about is how this is seen basically everywhere you go. There's a real need and understanding to know what you can make, whether you're as large as a country or as small as a small business or an individual person itself. We need to understand how much we can produce and, if needed, how much we need to trade with others so that we can end up better off. And this isn't necessarily taking advantage of other people, like I mentioned. This is taking advantage of the opportunities you have so that you can be more productive and more efficient. This can also, 
the vast majority of the times, trades generally help both sides, so this can also help the other person out, making things much more efficient for more people, at least the prevailing theory is. So let's talk a little bit about this concept and apply it to the Pokemon world because you might be surprised at how easily this can be fit in in the Pokemon universe, uh, assuming we can fill in those gaps that exist because I highly doubt there's going to be a Pokemon game called, you know, Pokemon Dollar and Pokemon Yen where we're just sitting here being business folks. So let's get into it. What is absolute advantage and what is comparative advantage? So comparative advantage and absolute advantage are both specific concepts in economics that explain why countries or individuals specialize in producing certain types of goods and or services. They were first introduced way back in the day, you could argue as far back as Adam Smith, who is sort of considered the founder of modern economics. If you've ever heard of The Invisible Hand or his book, uh, The Wealth of Nations, both of those sort of imply, I don't know if they officially stated it, it has been a very long time since I've read The Wealth of Nations, uh, but it never, it, the ideas behind that are sort of implied there. You could also argue that it could be various other economists that brought it up during the 1800s, and it remains a fundamental principle in international trade theory. Let's start off with absolute advantage. Now, absolute advantage refers to a situation where a country can produce a good or a service more efficiently, in other words, using fewer resources than another country. In other words, it's about being more productive in the production of a particular good or service. Now let's actually use a couple of examples here. Let's talk about country A and country B. You can fill in whatever country you'd like in this situation. Let's suppose we're looking at these two countries and talking about them producing two specific goods. Now in the real world, even in the Pokemon games, these are likely to be dozens, if not hundreds of different goods and services that we're comparing back and forth to create proper trade deals. But in this example, for simplification and for ease of understanding, we'll just pick two. Let's go with wheat and steel, two very different types of goods. Now, with the same amount of resources put into these specific goods, let's say country A can produce 1,000 tons of wheat and 500 tons of steel. Country B can produce 800 tons of wheat and 700 tons of steel. So, in this example, in this situation, with the same amount of resources if we have this production like this, we would say that country A has an absolute advantage in producing wheat, because with the same number of resources, they can produce more wheat than country B, 1,000 tons versus 800 tons. If we go with the other example in this, if we go with steel, who has the absolute advantage in steel, this would be country B. Country B can produce 700 tons of steel with the same resources that country A takes to only produce 500. So country A would have an absolute advantage in producing wheat, Country B would have an absolute advantage in producing steel. On the other hand, comparative advantage looks at the opportunity cost of producing a good or service. An opportunity cost, it could be its own episode, honestly, but to simplify it very briefly, opportunity cost could basically be described as the potential benefits that you miss out on when choosing one option over another. Let's boil this down to an even simpler example. Let's say right now you have two options. You could go to a movie or you could study at home. The opportunity cost of choosing one of those decisions would be the cost or the benefit of the other situation that you choose. So if you go to the film, the cost is that you don't that spend that time studying. Or if you go study, then the cost is that you don't see the film. 
pretty basic example there, and that can be described and scaled up to higher and higher levels. When it comes to goods and services, the opportunity cost refers to the value of the next best alternative that must be given up to produce that particular good or service. Now, we'll use country A and B, we'll use steel and wheat instead, but we'll look at the opportunity costs in this particular example instead. So, the opportunity cost, this should work with the same example mentioned previously, the opportunity cost of producing wheat in tons of steel means that for every one ton of wheat that country A produces, it costs them, in other words, they can't put those resources towards the production of half a ton of steel. Because they can make a thousand tons of wheat or 500 tons of steel means that every ton of wheat they make, they give up, in a sense, half a ton of steel. For country B, for every ton of wheat that they are able to make, they give up on the ability to produce 0.875 tons of steel, which I believe is 7 eighths tons of steel. Because they had 800 tons of wheat, 700 tons of steel, if they put all of their resources towards one good, that's where the ratio comes in. Now, when it comes to the opportunity cost of producing steel, it's very easy. You just flip it in this case. So to produce one ton of steel, country A is giving up two tons of wheat. To produce one ton of steel, country B is giving up 1.143 tons of wheat. It's not a great example, uh, but it, it's, it's basically 8 over 7 in that regard. Now, with the comparative advantage, you are looking at who is producing a good with the lowest opportunity cost. So country A, in this example, has a comparative advantage in producing wheat because the opportunity cost is 0.5 tons of steel that they're giving up, as opposed to country B's 0.875 tons of steel. Country B has a comparative advantage in producing steel because it gives up less wheat. They're giving up 1.143 tons of wheat compared to country A's 2 tons of wheat that they're giving up to make a steel ton. In this example, with country A having an absolute advantage in their particular goods, it's beneficial for both countries to actually produce specific goods in their own categories. Country A focusing on producing wheat, country B focusing on producing steel. By then, they can trade with each other, exchanging the goods that they have the comparative advantage on, and actually increase, if they produce at the right levels, they can actually increase the total amount of goods that they come away with. So through this trade opportunity, country A might come away with a significant amount of steel because that's what they traded for, and even more wheat because that's what they actually produced, and they produced it at a lower cost. And country B has the same thing on their opposite side. This was a very brief example of what an absolute advantage and comparative advantage is, but let's dive into the Pokemon side of things. How does this fit in to the Pokemon universe? Well, like I described previously, the Pokemon universe has a lot of trading that likely exists, especially with various regions having specific goods and services that they can produce or provide even better than others, right? For example, let's take Alola and Johto. Both of those regions are probably heavily reliant on tourism, especially Alola, when you think about the island atmosphere and the fact that people are traveling from far away to come there. When you compare that with other sort of regions, like Sinnoh, Kanto, Unova, Hoenn, Sinnoh with their steel production, you think of Hoenn's entire space industry, there are going to be huge economies that they can produce various different goods and services towards each of these different fields. Now, with all the steel that Sinnoh's producing, they obviously want to ship it and help out to other people and trade various different items as well. So, for example, they could trade Sinnoh's steel materials with Hoenn Space Industries, so various different materials that can be made to produce rockets that could be sent back to Sinnoh to explore the various time, darkness, and antimatter things that occur in Sinnoh if we want to really dive into the story here. 
If you look even more at uh, Nova's economy, there's just so much diversity that's located there, or Canto having their own various different amount of goods and services they can produce. You can see all different sort of trade opportunities as well, right? You can think of the sheer amount of, here's a basic example if we want to go with this. Let's use Sinnoh as an example because Sinnoh has a bunch of different industries that you can think about production-wise, whether it's the steel, whether it's the entire mining, and the fact that the underground is widely used and everybody's going down there trying to dig up various different gems or materials. Theoretically speaking, if we were to apply this, you could see this even in Orberg City where they're mining coal. All of that can be traded with various different other countries regions in this particular example and gotten different various goods or services from there. Kalos with their Pokeball factory, whether that's directly by Silfco or some other company, that can be traded back and forth. Then the tourism aspect as well, you could provide services at a cheaper cost to tourists, trying to incentivize them to come on in, right? No need to pay taxes, for example, uh, which is probably where this in conjunction with the poke being consistent across all of these regions, like we discussed in the previous Pokonomics episode, could lead to the economy sort of being in a uh, kumbaya sort of state with each other. It's very interesting to look at, and it'd be, I encourage all of you to go down and actually think about various different trade possibilities. Like, what do you think, very, what do you think, let's take a perfect example, what do you think Paldea's trading with everybody else, right? It's so focused on the you could look at the tourism side of things, but it's so focused on the university journey that the various different industries that are established, whether it's all the shops that are producing goods and services uh, or the number of ports that are available, those have to be shipping things out, right? I wonder what those type of things could be. And it's a cool deep dive into what exactly each economy looks like, which we can, again, spend an entire different episode on. This one was very much focused on trade and the impact of absolute and comparative advantage. So with this concept in mind, with comparative and absolute advantage, let's go back to the beginning. We close our eyes, open them, and here we are, back on the negotiation table. Now you and I can be two different regions, we could be the same region, we could be talking about different goods, similar goods, whatever works for you, but at the end of the day, with all of the different goods that are being offered, right, there's somebody here that's talking about the underground that they have and all the jewels that they're mining out of that. Somebody else is talking about the, the mines in their own little mountains and how they're taking all sorts of fancy crystals out of them, including special stones that could potentially make your Pokemon even more powerful. Others are talking about the tourism industry and how everybody wants to come visit their specific region, whether it's just to sit back and relax and enjoy the sun, to play golf, explore the mansions, the forests, and the mountains, and the volcanoes that are around. And then there are other regions that are talking about their own advances, the ports and various different industries that are being established through those and the trade that they're facilitating across the entire world, in effect. All of these trade deals boil down to making sure that your country ends up with enough to produce for your people. Now, you could produce all of this for yourself, but that would take too many resources, too many people, too much time. And when other people are able to do things at a higher level, able to produce at a more efficient cost, and benefit both sides at the same time, the easiest thing to do might be just to trade some of the excess things you have for the excess things they have. That would be absolute and comparative advantage in a nutshell. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care.